You know what time of year it is. It's the start of spooky season. I'm sure you 90s fans out there have many a memory of going to amusement parks for a night full of haunted festivities. What better way to bring those memories flooding back than with Magic Candle Company, where you can find scary good scents like Haunted, Rum Burning, Pumpkin King, and Horror Nights. What's even better is they have all of these frightfully fabulous scents in a variety of forms to fit both your needs and your budget, whatever your cursed heart desires. But don't be afraid, friends. We have a special apple just for you. No razors here, we promise, with offer code WTF90. Enter that at checkout at magiccandlecompany.com and prepare for some scary good smells to fill your dungeon with 15% off your order. What the fuck for the 90s? I'm your host and the girl with the shape of an L on her forehead, Katie. I am the man that's walking on the sun, Nick. Today we're finally able to talk about Smash Mouth and welcome our dear friend and funny man, the Mr. Andy Bodandy himself. Andrew, say hi to our lovely <laughs> listeners. Somebody once told me that the world was going to roll me, <laughs> and roll me it did. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, exactly. Who knew that those words would be prophetic? <laughs> Seriously, the whole song is it's just like profit. prophecy. We should pray at the altar of Smash Mouth. <laughs> All right. Let's get warmed up and have the listeners get to know you a bit with a few quick 90s facts about you, and then we'll dive into Smash Mouth. Mm, okay, okay. Okay, number one, the big question. Mm. If you had to choose 90s Disney, 90s Cartoon Network, oh. 90s PBS, or 90s Nickelodeon for the rest of your life, cannot watch anything else, only the one station, what would you pick? Here's where I'm going to uh, jump in. Obviously, kids PBS, but kids PBS Fox News. So you get all these Spielberg kids cartoons, Animaniacs, Freakazoid, all that shit. Okay. Damn. So like yeah. the Warner so Brothers WB. Stuff. All the WB yeah, all the, all stuff. All oh, the WB stuff. Oh, right, now i gotta, yeah. I got to update my list now. i got to put WB. Yeah, although you only get the first uh, Batman Adventures. You don't get the new Batman Adventures. Yeah, that's fine, because I still get um, Tiny Toons. And that's you true. know I need that Tiny Toons. <laughs> tiny Toons <laughs> that was the first time I heard they might be giants when they did the Particle Man bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Particle Man, Particle Man. Anyways. <laughs> Is there something that you liked from the 90s, can be literally anything, that you can't remember if it existed in the 90s or the early 2000s? Oh. That could be a lot of stuff. It's a ton of stuff. <laughs> Whoa. Is there something that you liked from the 90s, can be literally anything, that you can't remember if it existed in the 90s or the early 2000s? It could be a TV show. It could be a, a shirt, even. It could be anything. Oh, yeah. Uh, the loss of innocence. Uh, post 11 <laughs> Big time for 10-year-old Andrew. <laughs> so early 2000s. So early 2000s. Yeah. Oh, my God. That communal trauma is what all... Never do. forget. I wish I could, though. <laughs> Country hasn't been the same yet, like, either. No, you know? no. I mean, I, I, it broke us. It yeah. broke us big time. Yeah. We're worse for it. The terrorists won. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not not wrong. That's yeah, look at us. Look yeah. at all of us. We're all scared dumb idiots now. Yeah, like, we are. We are, we are terrified They of literally idiots. succeeded at everything they tried to take away from us, yeah. but nobody mm -hmm. figured it out. I mean, mm -hmm. we're, we're fighting more against each other than we are anywhere else oh, yeah. in the world. Like, and half like, the purpose was distrust. Yep. Yeah. And they have completely sown it and was 
you know, like fostered into more of an existence as time went on by opportunistic politicians on both sides of the aisle. Bro, oh, both yeah. parties. Yeah, both oh, parties yeah. need to go get fucked. That's a good segue into the next question. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Save that one for post. <laughs> what was your favorite 90s snack? My favorite 90s snack, Dunkaroos, fucking no yes. duh. Yes. But what Dunk- frosting that root? Oh, chocolate. Chocolate. Really? Chocolate, my boy. Nah. I'm a chocolate. I mean, I get it, but nah. Dude. I get I respect, but nah. Mm, pork and Ellis dose. Like chocolate the birthday flavor? Oh. Yeah. You have to, because I asked them for a choice. Like, which choice? Yeah, that's fair. That's One fair. One or the other. I that's mean, fair. If, if you could do both, of course, every fat kid would do both. Like, I would dream of doing both Dunkaroo mm, Dunk- Dunk- Chocolate well. birthday cake, you, yeah, you use both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get a little sprinkle, a little choco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically, the question is, what's the snack overarching? It doesn't have to be, like, the specifics. But, Yeah. I, dipping snacks, though, in general, I think are uh, really understated. And I know I could buy them as an adult, but <laughs> would it be the same? No. No. Yeah. Buying like the fun cheese dip and breadsticks. Yeah. <laughs> buying fun dip now does not feel the same no. as buying fun dip back then. Like, you got away with, like, opening up that packet and, like, I think that's that the thing fun is dip. free fun dip, fun dip that your parents bought is yes. the best fun dip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everything that somebody else buys mm-hmm. is the best. Mm-hmm. Like, it always tastes better. Totally. Nowadays, you can just taste the shame. <laughs> Like, I can taste how fake it is, and I'm like, I shouldn't be eating this. I'm going to pay for this later. Do no. they still give you that red piece of plastic that used to come with the fun the dip? The little yeah. strip? Yeah. For the, for the, are we talking about the crackers or the fun dip? Because the fun dip was a candy stick. Oh. It was like a, it was yeah. like a pure sugar candy stick that when you oh, chomped on it, your teeth hurt. You'd no, put it in a pixie stick dust. Yeah, the crackers, in, they still have the, the, the red stick. Put it in pixie dust. Yeah, but, but then the... <laughs> It was a drug. Yeah, pixie dust was... Oh, no, angel dust. Angel dust. Angel dust. In the 90s, I believe. Probably not. It was, actually. Yeah? Yeah, I think actually... I I remember watching a uh, Touched by an Angel uh, episode about that. I might have to fix that one in post. Yeah. (laughs) We could Google that one later and double-check it. Yeah. And then delete it in post if we need to. Yeah. But leave this section in so that people are confused about what got deleted in post. Yeah. Make it a mystery. An ARG. Just a big just a big hole in the episode. Yeah, what happened? What is this? That's the mystery of what the fuck are the 90s. Indeed. All right. Okay, Andrew. Yeah. You are our resident smash mouth expert. I guess so. I guess that's what my life has come to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> Give us the elevator pitch. Oh, what is a Smash Mouth? What is a Smash Mouth? What is a Smash Mouth? Smash Mouth is a band that formed in 1994, uh, originally formed as a ska band. They had their first single hit, Walking on the Sun. Then it was kind of all downhill after that. Uh, Smash Mouth is a lot like a lot of 90s ska bands. They started in the third wave and then uh, ended up becoming uh, pop sensation hits. Sell out. And they sold out with me tonight. Sell out with me, all right. (laughs) Radio Plays says they're going to give me lots of money and everything's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, the record is going to give me lots of money and everything's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. So, yeah, that's a little bit about Smash Mouth. But Smash Mouth is really interesting because it did become such a cultural icon um, for so long. It was like the soundtrack of a lot of fucking movies. Oh, it's yeah. A ton of stuff. A ton of stuff. And be, even after that. Let's be frank. It's just one song that has made the most impact for that band, too. And that's the part that I think is kind of underselling for them as a band. Like, they're an okay band. They're not complete trash like some other stuff from the 90s. But, like, the existence of All Star overshadows everything else that they've ever made before and after. Oh, yeah, no, and it it becomes, like, a a point of contention with them after a while, even. I I would would completely agree. Like, I can only listen to that song so many times before I want to punch a wall. Yeah, no, (laughs) I I chose Smash Mouth for for today's episode um, specifically because I think it's super interesting to see the rise and fall uh, from this very successful pop band that's, you know, getting lots of radio plays and getting tons of chart hits and then kind of where they are now, it really took a bizarre fucking turn. Yeah. So um, Smash Mouth was started in 1994 by Steve Harwell, the lead singer. 
they reportedly, I guess, so they, they paid for their first album, Fushu Mang. They stole their drug dealer's weed plants and then <laughs> sold that to pay for their first studio album. Good for them. So, so fucking wild. Yeah. So fucking wild. And then, I said, but we do have to say that this, <laughs> is a, this is an allegedly, allegedly, but still, it's a great story that I would still want to spread. Oh, totally. Yeah, I would totally. spread that story. Steve Harwell is also just like the quintessential like 90s bro. I sent mm. you guys yeah. a bunch of yeah. like interviews of the band. And like literally, if you think of just like some chubby skater dude from the 90s, that's fucking like him. King yeah. of the burnouts. That's yes, hundred percent. He is like straight up like in one of his interviews. He's like, yeah, I like fast cars and rock and roll and women. <laughs> so, like, so like Guy Fieri, if he wasn't a good, cook. he he looks a lot like Guy yeah. Fieri. There is even like pictures of him and yeah. Guy Fieri like shaking hands and shit like oh, that. Oh, so they have been seen in the They've, same location. They, they have. They, okay. Well, they, that blows my theory. And out. neither of them are dead, can't, so. Can't, no. can't confirm this, but they kissed. Mm. Can't confirm that. Spicy, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second, isn't this <laughs> Please don't sue us. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. <laughs> no, we're we'll not. Just, we'll just throw allegedly in there and we're all clear. <laughs> so yeah, they had their, their first album, uh, Fushu Mang, 1997. It had a lot of charting hits. You had uh, Why Can't We Be Friends, uh, lots of covers, really kind of making the, 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 the debut of a lot of their album space as well. They really tried to go for like a classic rock sort of sound with like a more modern twist to that sort of thing. Astro Lounge comes out in 99. It's a huge change from their first album, Fushu Mang, which is like absolutely a ska album. Um, real, real hard difference between yeah, the two. They yeah. turn, they take a hard pop turn and really kind of feed into that like '50s pop sound. Yeah, yeah. Uh, while not surf rock esque. Very oh, surf very rock. Surf yeah. rock. Yeah, yeah. I dug know. it for that reason. And. Um, I mean, they were. Uh, you guys remember Mystery Men? Yes. That fucking. Yes, I do. Like the, that's what started off the All Star shit. Yeah, it Man. is. It is. That yeah. was the 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 music video, and such mm-hmm. a weird fucking music video to have Mystery Men as like such a weird movie to have dude, that song attached to it. Dude, like, yeah. In yeah. hindsight, sure, it makes a lot of sense, but damn. But it created a legacy after that. Like that. What that was like the the. I don't know how to word it. I guess, but was kind of the uh, anchor moment for them with that one song <laughs> that they would just ride them coattails into the sunset. Was it was it a legacy or a curse? And this is the part in the documentary where the color gets reversed. And yeah. Like <laughs> and, and the music suddenly slows down and gets really dramatic. Everything was great until it wasn't. <laughs> well, that's, that's really kind of how it was. Yeah. Yeah. They, they started getting on soundtracks and they were getting like super fucking apeshit big. And there was even in the later years where the band's Twitter bio said, Fuck you, Shrek. We could have been the next Beatles. <laughs> no, you could not have. You fucking liar, Steve Harwell. Get your own head out of your own giant fucking ass. <laughs> you ridiculous clown man. Yes. You absolute yes. slack-jawed all-star. No. Okay, okay. We gotta be careful here. I don't want to get sued. You did not write Abbey Road, you cock. Yeah, like you wrote Walking on the Sun. So uh, during my research of this, um, yeah. most of the music that was written for both Fushi Mang and Astro Lounge, because those were the only two albums I really like, did the in-depth research for, because they both came out in the 90s. Um, it was actually the, the um, Their guitarist, guitarist Greg Camp, yep. is the person who's responsible for most of the songs, including the entirety of Walking on the Sun and I believe All Star, if I want to. Yeah, he wrote all of All Star by himself. Yep. It's, he's the only credited writer. So like... The fact that Steve Harwell even thought he was going to be the next Beatle with doing literally jack shit for fighting... Like, even Ringo wrote a fucking song. Oh, no, no, and that's Ringo the, wrote a that's song. That's the crazy thing, because you there's even interviews with Greg in 2021 
where uh, he's like, yeah, I think it's great. The Trek like made us famous or whatever. But honestly, I think the person responsible for the Twitter statement is probably Steve Hartwell. Oh, absolutely. And we can kind of see the keys, uh, uh, the the clue-ins to like the psychology of this dude because he's not with the band anymore and the band is still playing. They are. Yeah. yeah. yeah he they recently, actually released, was it a single recently? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, the latest album came out in 2012 and from the, the Wikipedia post for the timeline, it looks like Greg Camp left the band in 2008-ish. So, like, it's been just Steve Harwell for the longest time with the bassist Paul Delisle. Just confirmed, July 28th of this year, Underground Sun, a single from Smash Mouth, was released. Fantastic. Can confirm. Now, who, who, who's their lead singer now that... Well, we'll get into the whole. Probably some other guy. Yeah, some random, there is there is somebody player. else that is leading. I don't know who he is, but it is definitely not Steve. Steve Harwell. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned the interview with Greg, because that even bringing up like him writing a, most of the most music. Of it, most of it, yeah. Because he mentioned in one of the interviews that the difference between Astro Lounge and Fushuming was like. Night and day, obviously, which we talked about a little bit. But then also, they wanted to do a happy, more like, we're in a good place now. We got what we wanted with by getting this, like, multitude of fame. Yeah. And the album is supposed to reflect that, including All-Star, which was supposed to be, like, a love letter to the fans. Yeah. Like, it, that's wild. Yeah. That's really wild. Yeah, no, and it, it's... It's really crazy to see, like, the full, like, genre flip. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. As fast as it happens, because even like no doubt she did uh, Gwen Stefani did the same sort of stuff. Yeah. But she still kept Scott elements in her later songs as well. Like, yeah. That didn't all fully disappear. Where um, in uh, Astro Lounge there really isn't, you know, like uh, a ska song per no, se in it. No. I mean, there's still like some ska musical techniques, but it's very much more in the line of. The West Coast surfer rock type style, yeah, which, yeah, which is where they're from. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're California rockers, <laughs> like a hundred percent. Yeah, um, I mean, there was that blend of South South uh, South Cali punk rock and ska at the same time. Like you got Operation Ivy, who kind of have a similar mix of that, like old school surfer, oh, totally. rock, and then straight up ska punk N- uh, with the pick 'em ups and stuff. Their, their song "Nervous in the Alley," which is a favorite of mine. Um, is a really, really solid fucking ska song. Yeah. Like, it's just a really solid ska song, like, no doubt. But yeah. One of the things actually mentioned in one of the interviews that you had sent us, too, yes. was, like, the different rock influences, because I know you guys were starting to talk about that a little bit with, like, the surf rock influence mm, and stuff. Yeah. And they had... It was mostly Greg that they talked to about it. But <laughs> the they did person talk who was talented, you know. <laughs> yes. They did talk to Steve about it a little bit too. And they did talk about a lot of the influences that came in. And it, I mean it shows on mm-hmm. on the albums. It definitely shows. There was a mention of Steve being a huge Elvis fan, and that I will disagree oh. with being a connected sound because I don't. Oh, think it's so a connected. I would sound. say, yeah, I would say him. See, it's the thing that it's not Steve's voice, but it's like his the, style, uh, his the way that he wants to portray d- his voice, demeanor. Yeah. yeah. But the issue that comes up with that, though, and I think this is why you, there was the the hiccup between the two, is that um, the band's overall musicality does not want to go in that direction at all. Right. So you have Steve on his own, just being like. Oh, Elvis in the next Beatles. I'm a guy, I sound like Chester the yeah. Cheeto. <laughs> dancing and stuff. And, like, that's what my look is going to be, wearing a lot of bowling shirts and stuff. But the rest of the band was like, bruh, nah, we're just going to play some, like, pop punk music and go on from there. Or pop rock, more more along the lines of that. Yeah, no, and it was like a, a bunch of bowling shirts and button downs. I mean, yeah. they all look like... They're from the set of Ed, Ed and Eddie. Like, uh, Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen like uh, the voice actors for Ed, Ed and Eddie where like, they look like... So Ed and Ed and Eddie, like, they drew the characters to look like voice actors and stuff like that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. But like 
they look like the most 90s spike haired dudes fucking ever, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like, pull up a picture of Double D, like the voice actor, and you'd be like, "Oh my god!" Are you pulling that up guy smokes yeah. so much weed? I believe that this is the man who was at Double D from Ed, Ed and Eddie. Yeah, that's a much older picture. It's definitely. But even but, so, like yeah. you can tell. But like, oh yeah, yeah. Here's the guy that played Eddie, and like that guy. That guy looked like he just came out. Oh, no. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, that fucking there it is. Um, what you're really going to be looking for is the creator, Tony Sampson, who is the voice of Eddie. Uh, and he, the, at least the picture that I have seen, he he looks like he was in the middle of the Star Smash Mouth interview that we were watching. Like, he honestly got, he kind of looked like he just stumbled onto set and went, oh, hey, there's an interview going on, and sat down, and like nobody knew that he was not part of the band. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because there was the one interview, too, with Matt Pinfield yeah. on 120 Minutes. Another and it was, raspy man. Yeah. Hey, I'm a guy and I talk like this. I think that was just a requirement to be recorded in anything in the 90s yeah, as a man. You just had to sound like yeah. that. that yeah, it's either that or you sound like a newscaster. Because I'm thinking of Kurt Loder where there's, hello, I'm Kurt Loder and I'm this is MTV News. Yeah. yeah. He has a very stately manner to him, even though I mean, he's talking about radical shit. Like, look at Carson Daly. Even Carson Daly kind of has that, like, bro like mm-hmm. Cali Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, it's the it's the one black fingernail for me that makes me think that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He wore a lot of bowling shirts back then too when Tierra was did. first started. Yeah, Tierra is going to be its own episode. <sighs> yeah, it is. It's like 91. What is TLR? Total Recall Live. Yeah, TRL. TRL. I don't know. I don't no, know. that's okay. I it don't know a, a thing about what you're saying right now, like a, and it scares me. <laughs> you're a boomer. Don't be a boomer. I Listen, I'm confused and, and mad. <laughs> and it's your problem. You know who Carson Daly is, right? I do not recall. That's what the <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was waiting for that moment. Like, can I plead the fifth in this moment? <laughs> I, well, I've yeah. heard his name. I know he's a guy, and I'm sure he does things. But I don't know what those things are. He was one of the formative people in Smash Mouth becoming famous. We'll say this much. I think that knowing Carson Daly, who he is, and knowing who Steve Harwell, who they are, they were like, they had to have been best friends. Mm. Because Carson Daly. They ran the same circle. They had to have. Because, like, Carson Daly, the moment you looked at him, he had his spiky black hair with his too many wristbands on one arm <laughs> and the tattoo sleeve and the bowling shirt that was different styles of bowling shirt, but it was always button up. And, like, that dude, honest to God, looked like he just walked off of uh, uh, Venice Beach and just be like, we're going to, this is what we're doing. And pick it up, up, up. I'm like, honest to God. Pick it up, up. Pick it up, up. Now, I don't know. I'm wondering if either of you know this then, because the, the Carson Daly factoid was in one of the interviews they mentioned. Steve had a buddy who was at the local station where Carson Daly had his connections through because he was at the time recording pretty much, I would assume, what was the equivalent to TRL in that studio, not MTV yet. And he had connections to record producers that they got the hookup, and that was the hookup line between being mainstream and being just street punks. Yeah. More or less. I I mean, because, like, don't get me wrong. Like, their studio hits, I think Nervous in the Alley was, like, one of their uh, first radio hits even. Um, It's really good, but it's not, like... Okay, yeah, that's Carson Daly. No, oh my god, somebody drew on sideburns onto Carson Daly, and it's absurd. Are we sure about that? But the rest is accurate. No, those are drawn on. Are we sure about that? No, are are you sure about that? No, I know that he has sideburns, but that last picture had drawn on emphasized. They do, they do do look like drawn on. They were cartoonish, they were, but it doesn't matter. (laughs) You can still believe it. You can still believe it. I think I've missed the most from the 90s. Is it's all the sideburn action. It was everywhere. Starburns it, level of it like was epicness. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of sideburns in the in the nineties. Sideburns, soul patches. Steve Harwell had both. I think honestly that's kind of where some of the influence for Starburns came from was the guy who was stuck in the nineties and never quite got out in mm-hmm. community. 
because he had the like obnoxious sideburns. He had the soul patch. He had a soul patch, right? Starburns? I believe so. I'm actually. pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. So. He kind of was that kind of burnout guy who was yeah, sticking around wild. in the community I college. Seen community at all. Bro, do you even like <laughs> Dude, really? I think that, that I thought that'd be right up your alley. Yeah, it's weird. Like, you know, it just, just hasn't just hit my hit. radar yet. I just Damn. haven't really watched an episode. Uh it's been out for like 15, 20 yeah, years. Long That's time. fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Long not time. Ju- I'm not judging, I'm just confused. Yeah. I thought that would have been like one of your one of my shows? No. Yeah. No, no, yeah. No, no. It's a bit shocking. Not gonna lie. Anyway, yeah. so the topic we were talking about was we got lost on the TRL bit for a minute. There. Sorry, guys. That no, was my it's, bad. It's not your. I'm the one that brought up TRL. I mean, we should talk about TRL. Yeah, frankly. we'll have to make that an episode. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it was only around in the 90s for technically two years, but like in those two years, it fucking lit up stuff. It left a legacy. It, it did. It left yeah. a legacy that like they still have the top 10 TRL on MTV still. I mean, you don't get to watch the videos because it's too busy doing other shit, but it's it exists. But yeah. Let's talk walking on the sun. Let's talk walking on the sun. Let's let's have some fun with walking on the sun. Yeah, about the Rodney King riots. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> I did not expect that. No. No. I know. I was like. Oh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. An actual protest song from yeah. this group. Yeah. Yeah. I. It, it's. It was one of those definitely lukewarm ones. I will say that much at least, because like listening to the music and like trying to figure out the, the words itself, like there's no way you walked away from that going like, oh, this is about the the Rodney King. Uh, oh well, uh, you know it, that's the thing is like when we're talking like broy like '90s ska, like yeah. Sublime has protest songs, but you kind of know yeah, it. Yeah, you kind of know <laughs> it. Like, they're not, they're they're not very quiet in your about face the fact of, yeah. yeah where, like, walking on the sun, it's like, maybe it's a protest song. Yeah. Maybe it's a song about, you know, doing some drug I haven't heard about yet. Oh, yeah, like, semi charmed kind of life type stuff. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There is a quote that I had heard, I think it was in one of the uh, interviews that we listened to about walking on the sun, from Greg Camp. And he said he, it was written during the whole Rodney King thing. His quote, thing. So great. Great job of just undermining <laughs> Oh, you know, that whole Rodney King thing. Yeah. thing. We yeah. decided we could monetize this. Yeah, because he follows that up with the song is basically a social and racial battle cry. It was sort of, quote, can't we all get along, end quote, song for the time when I wrote it. Yeah, I took a note of that. <laughs> it was just about all the things that were going on around me as a young person. And I'm like, God, what is going on? I don't understand why this is happening. It's like we might as well be walking on a, around a planet on fire, and that's how it came about, end quote, for the whole of Greg Camp's statement. But, like, wow. what a, That's why I said, like, it's such a lukewarm way of making a protest song. It's all the whole classic, like, why can't we all just be it's like, well, and they did. We can't they, ignore they the did. history. Yeah. Uh, cover why can't we be friends? Yeah, they did. <laughs> they did. God damn, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah they did. Shit. I think part of the reason. <laughs> I, sorry, go on. Sorry, sorry, guys. They covered that song. I think part of the reason why nobody knew that it was a protest song is because you can't understand half of the fucking song of what Steve is saying. Mm, 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 I didn't mm. know the lyrics from most of that song back then. I had to look up the lyrics now, and even then, I'm still not fully convinced. Yeah, no, because it sounds like... <laughs> See, you do know the song. So don't now. Yeah, I, I, it does not, it did not cut. It's a great song. Don't get me wrong. Like I think, it, 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 it gets in your ear exactly the same way that you want a pop song to do. Oh, very much. Like it's yeah. got the good rhythm. Like it makes your brain just go ah. Saying what you want to say about Smash Mouth, they yeah. wrote a lot of earwigs. Yeah. Absolute parasites that just drill yeah. into your brain. I mean, they're not the best. Mm. I think at least lyrically, like, of no, course. Yeah. Lyrically, yeah. They're, they're, they're very corny. Yeah. But uh, melodically. The, melodically, it's, it's on point. There's a lot of good bops. And even Greg had mentioned in one of the interviews was that 
they were kind of going for a Santana-esque feel for that song in particular. And you can feel oh, kind of... Yeah, you can feel a little yeah. bit of the pieces that got kind of sprinkled through of that mm-hmm. influence. Especially with the... Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the quick... Uh, stuff. Open drum break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... sitting here making beep sounds and all the... That was not the original creation of that song. No, it was not. It was very much more yeah. Santana originally. Yeah. And it kind yeah. of evolved the more that they were like, we need to make this more marketable for the, the producers to be happy with. And that's where they ended up with it. I mean, did you hear the first track? I haven't heard it, have you? Okay, no, I haven't either, but like that's that's what I was reading about too, how that, like, I had heard that this was a, originally a different song that Greg Camp had demoed. Yeah. And he just kind of carried the demo around with him like you, you would in that moment where the, quote, elevator pitch happens. You just sure. toss it, piss yeah. at somebody be like, here my, here my demo. And, like, I guess Steve had heard it, and they were like, we can make this work and make it different. And so they added the different things to make it what it is now. But, yeah, it's it's really hard to fully shit on Smash Mouth because, like, the music is good. But it's marketable. It had market success. It's great. Like, if you took all of the lyrics out, you could probably put that on Billboard now, and people would be like, oh, yeah, it's good music. Yeah. Like, just rewrite new lyrics It charted. Like, I mean... It could get charted again. It charted for a long time. Um, It did. And and, and that's the thing that's uh, super wild to me, is kind of, like, how successful they were to, like how weird it all went down in 2001. So we're talking about the events. Steve Harwell and the the band were playing at Sturgis, I believe. In Michigan? Mm. Or Indiana. Was it Indiana or Michigan, Sturgis? Uh, I think the Sturgis he's talking about is in South Dakota. Oh, that's right. South Dakota. Wait, this was in 2011? Or 2001 or 11? No, no, this is 2021. Oh, that's oh, the one where yeah, all the recent, bikers recent, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. recently, just recently. Yeah, 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 the event. That event. Yes, the event. That event, yeah. Um, so he was at Sturgis uh, during peak COVID. He was on stage saying, you know, like, you know, fuck this fucking mask and fuck the fucking COVID. And basically uh, just really being a very not chill, anti-PC, let's say, douchebag about it. It was not very cash money of him. It was no. very uncash money of him, in fact. Yeah. And it's super weird because we were talking about how Guy Fieri is just like a guy that looks just like Steve. Uh, Steve, the guy here is going through this weird, like, Republican outing right now, like, too. No. no. Don't ruin Guy Fieri for I me. I know. I had to know, so now you have to know. God damn it. Okay. And now everybody knows. As, everybody knows. As a guy guy, I I get it. I, I'm a guy guy, you know. I'm just a guy guy. I'm just and, a guy. And uh, it's, it was Just really, a silly little guy guy. It was really... <laughs> Disappointing to hear. Yeah, it was really disappointing to hear that he's like hanging out with probably Steve. Probably Steve. Probably Steve. <laughs> probably Steve. Yeah, they're probably eating some gangster nachos or something. Because mm-hmm. the nachos can be <laughs> gangster nachos. That's exactly what he would call them. Yeah, exactly. Um, to follow up on the event that happened, the Sturgis rally you were talking about was in 2020 on the nose. Oh, 2020. There was there was something else that happened in 2021, and that was in Bethel, New York. I thought I was going to be able to like fact oh, check. Oh yeah, no, like, no yeah. This is, you this did fact check me. This is a whole different oh, there's controversy. Another, there's, more. Another, there's more. Oh, there's more. Oh, so late. Okay. There's more. This, one, this is what led, leads to the the retirement of Steve Harwell out of music altogether. Like he has not been, or at least I haven't seen him been in a band since, or sang since. But in Bethel, New York, he appeared to be intoxicated, came up on stage and started threatening the audience, and then at a point in time performed a all-star salute. Uh, and then following the, re- the performance, he retired, saying that he has ongoing health issues, which we may now be the case. Um, but at the moment, I doubt that there was health issues. But not like degenerative mental issues it's no like your cardia or something yeah yeah something something with his heart if i remember correctly but uh Oh, to add more to that Sturgis one, though, it became a super spreader event. Oh, yeah. It was a <laughs> yeah, super, it was a huge, so, huge issue. Yeah. Huge so issue. many people got COVID because of that. 
Jesus. which is it, wild, wild to me. I mean, that was before like the vaccine was out or anything like that. But yeah, I'm sure... this was like big bad dark times where we had no idea what the fuck was happening. Oh yeah, no, I was like unemployed then. I think <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I was just uh, not working yeah. at all, uh, which was pretty cool. Uh, bring me back, Daddy. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I have been summoned. <laughs> and we're cutting that one out. No, that's staying. That's staying. For everybody needs to know I'm daddy here. Don't cut a single daddy that I say. <laughs> Don't cut a single fucking no. daddy that no. I say. Like I said, everyone needs to know that I am the daddy here. I'm the, I am the daddy now. <laughs> Papa. Papa. Um, Papa, can you hear me? I had a couple notes about the walking on the sun music video, but I don't know if there are any of. Like, I didn't any see the walking. Anybody. I didn't see the video itself. I, oh, I, I mean, it's mostly just clips of the band. I assume just standing around singing and playing. Kind of. Okay. Um, there's a drag race scene with old hot rods. That sounds right. That sounds very uh, aesthetic <laughs> for them. Yep. There's an yeah. orange hot rod that Steve drives with the band in it. Actually drives. He wasn't supposed to. Steve loves big cars and women, by yeah. the way. Hot I'm rods shocked. and hot women <laughs> is shocked. the quote. Hot rods, hot women. You heard it. Yes. Because he's an alpha. <laughs> he's, he's such an alpha, dude. Well, a cool little fun fact, though is the orange hot rod that they drove. They weren't supposed to drag race it, but he did it anyway. <laughs> Alpha Man. Was actually in Greece. Really? Greece the film, yes. Whoa. Hell yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. That is, that's a really cool fun fact. He, like, did his bro thing. He's like, yeah, it's actually in Greece. And I was like, okay. I mean, John I'm... Travolta nuts were right here, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I kissed it. I kissed right where it's John Travolta's like taint would be. I just got right up in that cushion. I was like... <laughs> but yeah, that's fucking that, dirty in that seat, <laughs> dog. That sounds awesome. That sounds super cool, but also super lame at the same time. John Travolta, like it's John Travolta. He's his own set of issues. There's there's good things I could say about Greece, but that his yeah. he was not one of them. Yeah, but. I mean, since you haven't seen the music video, long yeah. story short, it's bowling shirts. Color me shocked. And it's a 60s-style, like, beach party. Like, they're dressed in 60s bikinis. Very on and brand. Dancing around Still on the beach, on brand, yeah. around the band, and dancing by the band, but not on the band. Because these were women with class. <laughs> and Wow. Wow. <laughs> Doubtful. But <laughs> they were in a Smash Mouth music video. I'm sorry to them. Um, you gotta get your bag. And it sucks because I had a note that said, "Did anyone else notice the nod to Gilligan's Island?" But two out of the three people in this room have seen it, and the person asking doesn't really get a good answer because it's like, "Duh, I'm the one who brought it up." Yeah, I see. Have you seen that that, that boat? There was like Gilligan's Island. Oh yeah, me too. No, because there was even like. Nods to characters in oh, yeah. Gilligan's no, Island totally. throughout. Yeah, totally. Just Which really, guys. like, the music video really does not make it seem like it's a protest song no. at all. No, Again, it's just like, like beach party. Literally, like, what are you actually se- selling? Like, what are you selling? I don't think the director of that music video knew what they were selling. True. Frankly. And then we go back to our point where it's like, what the fuck is the song really about? Even? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It should be noted that the director of that particular music video is a gentleman named Mac G, who also did the next, I want to say, five al- or five music videos for them. He did a lot. If I remember, he did a lot of, um, did a stuff. well-known music videos from the 90s, but don't quote me on that. Yeah. Because now I'm second-guessing it. Uh, I mean, I, he's kind of like a Spike Jones, where like he turned into a real, like, feature filmmaker later on in life where he did Charlie's Angels and uh, Terminator uh, Salvation. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's what I was thinking is the filmmaker side of it. Yeah, but it he did he did the f- first couple uh, music videos for them. Yeah, including the official all-star music video with both the Mystery Men one and the one when it got changed to Shrek. Yeah, which is weird that All-Star yeah. has two music videos. Has two music videos. Both after movies. I didn't know one, that. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, super, it's very interesting. super funny. Because uh, I remember the the original one, but I don't remember seeing the Shrek one. I just thought it was like a lyric video type thing. It basically is just like a lyric video. Fair it's enough. like shots of the band, shots of Shrek, Shrek being Shrek, doing Shrek stuff, you know, brushing Onions. his teeth with dirt, <laughs> saying donkey. Talk about onions. (laughs) Ogres are like onions. You never know what you're going to (laughs) get. Close. Close. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That makes sense. That makes sense. I have one bone to pick with Steve besides all of the other bones. I have bones. a lot of bones. Yeah, I got so, so many bones to pick, so let's, I, let's throw them out. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Let's, let's roast this weird 90s <laughs> <laughs> That's don't all sue I us. wanted to do. Let's That's go. why I brought us here. <laughs> Please don't sue us for slander. We don't have any money between the three of us. You're not going to get a fucking cent. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> let's go. So... I have multiple bones to pick as well, but we've mentioned most of them already. The biggest bone I have to pick is him coming for Miss Britney Spears for no fucking reason. He did not. So there was an interview where Steve was talking about Astro Lounge, and he's like, well, you know, we write our own songs, so that's why that's part of the reason why we're so successful and why we're now releasing our second studio album and people love it. We? Hold on. It's worse. And then brings in Britney Spears. Why? Besides oh, yeah. just yeah. to be sexist yeah. and an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you got these little teeny boppers like Britney Spears who are these coming in. These little teeny boppers. Yeah. These little women yeah. that are small and women. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's like, and they don't write their own songs, but but they're, look how famous they are. That's, that's bullshit. And it's like, um, actually... Okay. Oh, so I just need a vagina? I need someone to write my songs for me? And then I can be more famous than I already am? Even though I I had a fucking song on Shrek? (laughs) Where's my song on Shrek? (laughs) It really gave some, like, hardcore 90s incel vibes to me. It is 100% that. It was very much, like, this woman is famous for what? And it's like, she's been working her ass off since she was like three, first of all. No, she didn't write the songs on the first like two albums, but after that album, the album that came out right after that, I believe was Britney. She wrote like half the album. Don't quote me on that, but she wrote several songs on that album. I know that much. So for him to do that and then her to turn around and be like, fuck you, and then write her own songs on the album just to be like, I know what you're trying to do here, man. You know who didn't write their own songs? Elton fucking John. You know who you're not better than, Steve Howerwell? Elton fucking John. You know who else didn't write their own songs? Steve. Steve didn't, yeah. Steve did. Greg wrote them. Uh, Greg all, wrote. Just, just for the record, for the two albums that came out in 90, so Fushu Mang, um, Steve Harwell is credited with writing nothing. Color me shocked. And then Astro Lounge, he's credited with writing three of the 15 songs. And it's and it so wild to me, too, because like he gets a majority of the interview time. He yeah. is definitely yep. the face of the band. Yep. Which doesn't make sense to me. Like... Okay, I'm going to take a step back because, again, he's still a person, and, mm-hmm. and we can come for him hard all we want. Uh, no, I don't think he deserves to be de- defended. I'm not defending I'm sorry. him. I'm not defending him. I'm not defending him. Okay. I'm just saying that we don't have to come as hard at him. He's still a person with feelings. But it is a level of either delusion or audacity to both claim that you are... Narcissism. Yeah, a delusion or audacity. Like, that's, yeah. The hand it's in both. Hand. It's, it's hand the caucasity of him, um, honestly. Yeah, I mean, we could, we could argue it is the caucasity. Like, yeah, he's just got that small, that white boy small dick energy, really, is what it yeah, is. It's, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's very much Insult. the whole, like, I am, I am a straight white guy in the 90s, and I am king of everything, and I need to make sure that people who are of other communities feel even less than me, because I feel small. That's my fault. I feel like I'm a bad yep. person or I don't measure up to something, so I have to make others feel small around me. And, like, with that Britney Spears example, he didn't bring up anyone else. It was specifically targeting Britney Spears. And Which that's is shitty. Ugh, it's icky. It's gross. It's fucked up. Leave Britney alone. I mean, at the time, Honestly, wasn't she, like, in her early 20s, late teens? Yeah, like a I child. Think, honest to God, teenager? Like a child. she was 16 or 17 at the time Baby One More Time came out. And that was the same time that this interview happened. Yeah. She was still arguably with, you know, all things considered, a child still. And he came for her. Why? 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 Because he could. Why? Because he could. Why? 
You said it was around uh, Hit Me Baby One More Time? Yes, it was exactly. Baby One More Time came out, I think, 98, 99. It came out in 99, so she would have been And Astro 18. Lounge came out in 99. Oh, wow. And that interview was for Astro Lounge. Yeah. So. Yeah, and she was born in 81. I wonder if they were fighting So in 99, the she'd have been 18. The, the top of the chart around that time, too. Probably. 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 Maybe. Like, he, he was he, he was coming for a 19, or an 18-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. And, and he was like girl. thirty at the time. He was. He was. He was older. Uh, where's Steve Harwell's Wikipedia so I can shame him some more? Like a like a like a, like a man. He's like a, a, a yeah. He was a grown ass man. <laughs> he was definitely like going a guy. after a child. He's a dude that loves women and cars, but not if they sing good and make more money than me. <laughs> Honestly, he was thirty two. He was 32? He was 32, aiming for an 18. He was twice her age. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. I mean, again, audacity and delusion. Yes. Audacity and delusion. And, like, part of me was, like, maybe, you know, she turned him down or something at, like, an MTV award. But then I, knowing the age difference, But also, he seems like the kind of person that would do that. He's just a a trash-talking douchebag is kind of what it is. Yeah, that's kind of what I got the feel of it, too. And, like, because of that persona, he became the face of the band and kind of shaded them what they are now, or at least how probably young listeners of their music oh, yeah. would feel now. No, totally. It. And, it, and it's wild, because it's not like they're, you know, the Sex Pistols. He doesn't need to pretend to be like Johnny Rotten or the no. coolest fucking guy ever. I mean, but... Yeah, they made better music than the Sex Pistols anyways. Yeah, they more, made more albums than the Sex Pistols, yeah. too. <laughs> Oh, I mean, we got. I got things to say about Sex Pistols. I like the Sex Pistols too. Uh, they, I enjoy the music they're, a lot. They're good, I guess, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was. <laughs> that's exactly how I feel as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was the equivalent of listening to lyrics on a Smash Mouth album, right? Oh yeah, yeah no, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I think you were saying uh, then the morning comes, right? And then the ice sweet skate is getting pretty thin. My water's getting warm, so you might as well swim. My world's on fire. How about you? That's the way I like it, and I never get bored. <laughs> but that was the most easy yeah. to comprehend song that they had released, yeah. frankly. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, he sang actual words. I am shooketh. <laughs> what do you think uh, a late lady Steve Harwell looks like? Like the girl version of him? Roseanne Barr. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Uh, female comedians at the same time. Well, the dude's a joker, so, like, why not? Yeah. He's a joker. Like, he, he seems to be that kind of, like... He's a toker. Tries to be the funniest guy in the room. For those of you listening at home, I just jumped out my damn chair. Yeah, she fell out. She fell out. He really is, though. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Total pick-me vibes. Mm-hmm. I know now we're literally just shitting on Steve Harwell. Yeah. Like, the conversation's devolved to just shitting on Steve Harwell. But let's keep it going. What a weird little douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to talk about the music though, because I do think that the music not being bad, it's it's worth talking a little bit about. Part of talking about Smash Mouth, you'd have to talk about how much of an asshole this guy was. No, like I, I, half of the time needs to be dedicated to talking about how much of an asshole this man was. Well, it's not even just like <laughs> this dude's a, a douchebag, but like he is such a specific flavor of 90s douchebag. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'll give him that. that it, 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 it's a memorable taste. It definitely it's is. It's a memorable it, taste. It tastes like the 90s. Yeah. Like, abso-fucking-lutely. Yeah, if this whole, like, alpha male, like, pro movement happened in the 90s, even though arguably it started then, but, like, when it hit its full swing now, if that happened in the 90s, Steve Harwell would have been banging that drum real fucking loud. He walked in the 90s so the incels could run now. I hate that that exists and that you're right. I really do. Because he did. He walked so that the incels nowadays can run. Oh, God. He was setting the path for them. Mm-hmm. And A then the internet the grew were. around that movement. Oh, yeah. And here we are. Well, then it's crazy because like, these incels will also glam on to people like... Tom Green and shit like that, you know. Yeah. There was there was such a you know anti PC sentiment back then in the nineties where you could just kind of fucking do yeah. whatever. 
I mean, this is kind of the reason we're called What the Fuck is the 90s? Yeah, know? there's some wild I mean, stuff that happened. What the fuck is the 90s? I mean, what, what the fuck is the 90s? What the fuck is the 90s? <laughs> Do we have any other shit we want to talk about this man? <laughs> like, there's plenty to say. I mean, there's plenty to say about the band as a whole, but... I, I'm I'm at the end of my list. What do you guys got? You got anything else you want to add? I have a full nostalgia uh, uh, moment when we started talking about this topic. Okay. Um, so growing up, throw it at us. My oldest brother actually had Astro Lounge when it was released, and we listened to that fucking album so much that when I was re-listening to it recently, I haven't heard it honestly since I was maybe twelve or eleven. When I re-listen to it now... So 20 I, years. I knew the words to some of the songs still. Yeah, and I that, that too. And that was so wild to me. Yeah. I don't even know when I heard that album previously. The closest I can think is maybe my brother's friend had it. Because we'd always go after, over to my brother's friend's house after school until my parents could come get us. And like... We'd listen to albums. Like, very, very much a lot of Eminem. But... <laughs> I think that might be where I heard that album for the first time because I was listening to it and going, these are familiar in a weird way and I don't know why and I can't put a finger on it. I I literally just got it for Christmas one year. My mom saw it at Walmart and like, yeah. That was that. That was that. That was it. That was it. That was the good good. Yeah. Yeah. Astro Lounge was probably one of my first records. I mean, it's that or like some Weird Al record. (laughs) (laughs) Insane. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was not as badass. Andrew's kind of formative years. Yeah. <laughs> First album I bought for me was uh, Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory because I'm that kind of emo kid. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, mine was the first one I bought for me was Cake. So, bit lame. Bit lame. I like Cake. Cake's good. You know, stuff. Cake's good stuff. But was, did it have like the distance and shit? Oh uh, yeah, it was Fashion yeah. Nugget specifically. Perfect. That's a good. That's a good album. Great album. That's great. Album. Great album. I think another reason why the nostalgia stuff, and I wanted to bring it up, is like it, it, it's very strange that I still want to re-listen to this album again. Like I kind of dig the album mm. and might give it a listen as an adult with the critical lens that Steve Harwell is a, is, is, a, is a douchebag. Yeah. Um, but listening more for Greg Camp to see if I can, you know, hear if there's any sort of like depth to what he's trying to write and play. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, like, another thing, too, is I'm very much, and this will probably come up multiple times during the podcast at one point or another, mm. I'm very much a, a strong proponent of separate the art from the artist. Yeah. Which is difficult. And, like, especially in this, like, cancel culture era, it's well, very yeah, I think it do. depends on the art, and it depends on the artist. Yes. I yes. have trouble still listening to Michael Jackson. I do. I yeah. Just, yeah, uh, that's fair. That's entirely and that's understand. Yeah. That's entirely fair. still be like, Ugh. Yeah. Um, yeah. R. Kelly's the same way. R. Kelly's yeah. the same way. Like, uh, but Smash Mouth, let's, the art is okay. The artist... Is kind of a douchebag. Yeah, like, right. That's the thing we gotta we gotta take into account too. Like they're still making music. They released a, a single without Steve Harwell in 2021. Yeah. So like three too. Oh yeah, in 2023 too. So like they're recently still trying to produce new songs. As long as I don't hear shit about the other members being like him, I'd let the residuals go to the band members that aren't pieces of shit. Mm, in yeah. like four out of five. It sucks that 20% of that is going to go to a person that I'm not a fan of or any of the values that are attached to them. But I haven't heard anything bad about the other 80% of the band. So Yeah, and that's the really nice thing about Spotify is if I don't want to support an artist, I'll just listen to them on Spotify. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, Like barely anything. Barely anything. Yeah. I've been looking up the Wikipedia pages because I live off of that. And of the original members that have Wikipedia pages, it's Steve, um, Greg Camp, and Paul Delisle. And neither Paul Delisle or Greg Camp seem to have the tab that says controversy. That's promising. So that's always a promising start. Yeah. Because <laughs> if in your Wikipedia page you have a subheader that is for controversy, like you got you got to stop and rethink about what's going on with your life. And uh, support your local librarians because, like, yeah. a lot of them contribute to Wikipedia and making sure that it is factually accurate. So if there is controversy, we will track it down and we will post it on Wikipedia. I know how to edit Wikipedia yeah. in the legal good way. Yeah. 
I it's mostly librarians that take care of it. I did not realize it was mostly librarians. Yeah, that cataloging librarians. Yep. Yeah, cataloging librarians. <laughs> and yeah, that's like their hobby too. Then too, like that's just it's like free. They don't do. They don't get paid to do it. No, they do it no. out of the love of, love of information. factual information being placed on the internet, regardless of what our English teachers in high school called Wikipedia. Those sick fucks. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right. Like, is the teachers um, the sick fucks or the librarians who do this shit for free? Everyone. Fair enough. <laughs> Do it, um, doing it for free. If you're good at something, get paid for yeah, it. Get paid for it. Yeah. So it looks like, like an American. Some more great news for the Greg Camp fans out there. If anyone's listening to this and is a friend of Greg Camp, um, in March. Friend 20- or fan. Yeah, friend or fan. Um, in March 2023, it was announced that Camp had co-founded another band with Dick ba- Dickie Barrett from the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Oh, sick! Yeah, and members of Offspring, Street Dogs, and the Briggs. Damn. The album is supposed to be was supposed to be due out early this year, but I'm I'm sure that's going to get delayed a bit. That is a really weird ska supergroup from yeah. the 90s. That's going to be some out. spicy earworms, yeah, yeah, though. Like yeah. like yeah. March sixth was when that information got got launched. Nice. Yeah, it's called the Defiant. They might be out already. It might might already be a thing. Es possible. Yeah, and uh, the the bassist Paul Paul Delisle is also an avid surfer, so like even more unproblematic behavior from. I mean, like, surfers are known for kind of being just, like, dudes, right? Guys being dudes. They can be really sexist, too. There's a whole thing about that. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because women can't surf. (laughs) I'm not saying that literally. I'm making fun of them. I'm sorry to any female surfers who have been negatively affected by these people. Agreed, yeah. (laughs) If you're a female surfer that has been pushed out of of the waves because of another dude surfer, like, fuck that guy. Punch him in the face. Mm. Punch him in the nards. You heard it here. Punch (laughs) him in the nards. Shoot him with a goddamn trident, okay? Yeah. Yeah, this is America. I thought this was America. I'm sorry. Shoot him with a goddamn harpoon gun. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. I stabbed him in the heart (laughs) with a trident. (laughs) Yeah, where did you get that from, Brick? (laughs) I know we're going to cut that in post, so I wasn't that Uh, I'm keeping it. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Uh, uh, Any any last-minute thoughts, feelings, rebuttals? So I think, like, we went over... A lot of stuff, and we mm-hmm. kind of went everywhere. Mm-hmm. But yeah. mm-hmm. uh, TL, TLRDR, T- TL, TLDR, TL, TRL, No, he's trying to do the didn't read too long. TLDR, TLDR. That's gonna that's gonna be the name of the show. This episode is just gonna be a bunch of letters. Like, what the fuck are TLRDLDTRTRL? That's the goddamn name of the episode. You write down every fucking thing I miss said. That's the name of the goddamn episode. That's the description for the episode. It's all the things you misquoted. The TRRLLD. So care. I don't know. Too long. Episode. Too <laughs> long, didn't give a shit. Um, Smash Mouth, you know, they got famous. Do they deserve their fame? I don't know. Steve Harwell is a weird cartoon man and uh, probably, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, you know, yeah. kind of how it goes. Well, I'll put my two cents in my final two cents sure. for this one. Yeah, that's my TLRDR. <laughs> <laughs> Fushiming, highly underrated album. Very. Astro Lounge was absolute fucking garbage. I will die on this hill. Come fight me. I think Astro Lounge is okay. I think if we're apples to oranges, Astro Lounge, yeah, Fushiming, I think they're different, but I think they're mm-hmm. okay. I feel like there's more filler songs in Astrolong. Yeah. Like songs where yeah. it's like... I, I had to write this for the producer so they would pay me a check. Yeah. yeah we got the ice we skate. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That one. <laughs> that song, we know it's song. That's yeah. totally a filler uh, song. Can you, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, that's that's that was off of Astro Lounge, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know it. Yeah. I just want to remember, I didn't have the track list in front of me this time. Um, final two cents from Nick. My final two cents. My final two cents. I think 
that early Smash Mouth wasn't as bad as we have given it the the um, auspicity of. That's not even the word. I just made that up right it now. It definitely like, became a joke. Yeah, it's so. definitely a joke. Yeah, they, we, we've turned Smash Mouth into a joke because of the one song, which I think is a disservice to some of the other musicians in the band, sans Steve Harwell, who can, you know, pound sand. He deserves that joke. Yeah, he deserves he, the joke. But yeah. there are a lot of other guys, I think, didn't didn't deserve that kind of heat for the music that they tried to make. And I liked Astral Lounge better than Fushiman. I, I didn't want to say the actual where it came from, because the name Fushiman came comes from uh, the movie Scarface, if anybody knew that. Yeah, it's, yeah, because he's like, fuck you, man. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's Al Pacino's character saying, fuck you, man, but it's all slurred. So it's like, Fushiman. It's really offensive, but yeah, it's like a oh, it's like an Asian motif so to it too. Yeah, it's not yeah. great. It's not it's, great. It's icky. Um, it's really icky. So that's why I think Astral Lounge is a better album too, because it's not as icky to say the name of it as often. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, cool. America. We'll just agree to disagree. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I know I'm going to be sleeping on the couch because I have a different <laughs> album, like, but it's fine. You know, because it's Smash Mouth, I'll let this one slide. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for forgiving my uh, transgressions yeah, it really against is, It really is an Al Pacino song. That is just the most fucking yeah. smash mouth thing they could have done. Yeah. Is by calling it, like naming it after an Al Pacino quote. Yep. I mean, like, the fact that Al Pacino played a Cuban man in that movie is already offensive to me. Yeah. And then to just take him just, just chewing at the set. The band really is just one giant scar face poster on the wall. Absolutely. Absolutely. You didn't think of that one, did you? It made you uncomfortable. Discomfort. Because that's the 90s. The 90s were everyone had Scarface posters on the wall. Also, the 90s just made everyone uncomfortable in retrospect. Well, yeah, we were children, so we didn't know what the fuck was going on. And all the adults were on some sort of substance to make them survive it without realizing that it wasn't the greatest. Laudanum. Lots of parents on laudanum. Oxycontin, too. Can't forget that guy. Crack. Can't forget the Oxycontin. Mm. Brought to you by the U.S. government. Coke? Uh, well, the crack was. Oxycontin all, was pretty I think farmable. we all had, like, a friend whose dad was definitely a Coke dad. Yeah. You know? Like a party dad, too. Like a Coke dad. Yeah. Like, it's, like, definitely, like, an 80s Coke dad. Like, yeah. Or you're, you're a 90s kid, but that dude I, did so much Coke in the yeah. 80s. Or a yeah. beer alcoholic, and that was it. It was the one of the two. That was it. Yeah. 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 Either a lot of Coke or a lot of beer. I never thought about that with people's parents. Yeah, I have no memories of that kind of stuff. No, I, um, I absolutely like we we had a friend growing up like his dad like died of alcoholism and all the shit, but like hundred percent like eighties cocaine dad like gotcha like the town I'm from like Morris is like really small town stuck in the eighties and shit like that too and uh, yeah yeah like, okay. yeah I think the worst habit I noticed or remembered from like the parents of my friends and stuff was smoking and maybe the occasional drinks. But mostly smoking. It was mostly smoking. Well, yeah, no, and we didn't find out about the cocaine until, like, yeah. high school, but, like... I still oh, yeah, the smoking in their houses and everything, and the yeah. ashtrays everywhere, that was... But the, you, that was it was a different time. I mean, you walked Dirty. into a restaurant, and they asked you if you wanted the smoking or non-smoking section. Like, there was a difference. Like, some kind of magical barrier would come up that separates, you know, the carcinogenic fumes from wafting over to some person who has... Like scarred lungs or something. I have a lot of special memories in the smoking section of Steak and Shake. Thank you. <laughs> oh my god, the Juliet Steak and Shake got so goddamn smoky though. <laughs> <laughs> Says the man who probably contributed a third of that smoke. <laughs> Lit like four cigarettes on his own. Just. <sighs> Dude, we, we were on the tail end of that smoking indoors era. Yeah. No, I remember like. Homecoming, like my date, like smoking in the apples, Applebee's, no, no chilies. It was like, the chilies in town. Yeah, the chilies in <laughs> town. Yeah. Yikes. Well. Wild times. Um, that's a good stopping point. Yeah, I was gonna say we should just <laughs> walk this one to the end. Um, <laughs> what do you think? You good? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, do you have anything else you need to add, Nicholas? I don't. I don't have anything else to add. Um, do you have anything else you need to add, Andrew? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'd like to give a big thanks to Mr. Andy Bodandy for joining us here today to talk all things 90s Smash Mouth. It only took us a very long time to get here, but we got here. Andrew, where can the lovely listeners find you at? Don't look for me. Don't find me. I don't exist. I'm not here. I'm not really real. Don't you get it? I'm inside your phone. (laughs) I'm stuck. (laughs) 
to get you here we had to dig you out of our brains um well <laughs> perfect i yes. can be found some places perfect. uh preferably instagram you could find me at if i could be anything i'd be a potato and if you can't find it based on that that's your own fucking loss and our official instagram page for the podcast at wtf were the 90s nicholas Yes. I don't know why I keep calling you Nicholas, but we're going with it. That's fine. It's my name. Um, Where can the pals of the pod find you? You all can find me on the great holy social medias. Um, (laughs) So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You're going to get sued by Disney Dan. I'm probably going to get sued by Disney (laughs) Dan. That's fine. I'll I'll allow it. Um, And they're all under the same username because I know how to do marketing and my image. It is at NJMitch, M-I-T-C-H, one, three. That's it. It's at NJ Mitch, and that's all of my socials. He's a simple man. I'm a very simple man. I don't I don't like a lot of frills. Yeah, that's it. As always, thanks for spending some time talking about the 90s with us. We will see you all in the next episode soon, all-stars. Hey, so, now. Bye. Just a quick note to add on for our lovely listeners on Stitcher. The platform of Stitcher will be shutting down at the end of August. So if you'd like to keep following our show and getting our latest and greatest episodes, please go check out our RSS site and you can view all of the different podcast platforms we are on. I will include that link in our description for the episode if you need some help with that. If none of those options appease you, feel free to drop us a message or comment on our Instagram at what the fuck were the 90s and we can get signed up on one ever platform your heart desires within reason of course <laughs> yeah. That one. <laughs>